Hello and welcome to the Nightcap. It's Ask Us Anything 9, end of March, on what is the hottest day of the year. We're recording this on a Tuesday. And we're yeah. sort of stuck inside with microphones like right saddos, but it's unbelievable <laughs> today, isn't it? Incredible. I know, it's lovely. It's lovely. I've hardly been out, to be honest. I've been, me and Ethan have been in. He didn't want to... Uh, go out anywhere we've just been playing games jenga and puzzles and stuff oh nice like old school yeah. lockdown yeah. yeah it's crazy actually being able to go outside and of course now we can all meet up as a group of six people i know yeah having beers and stuff like today people could legit have six people around for a bar it's gonna be 23 degrees today yeah I have a barbecue outside and it's fine i know i haven't got a garden here i'm gutted oh, yeah, no god i haven't even got a balcony yeah that's annoying Closest yeah. park, is it a good one? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll find something, mate. Don't find you worry. Yeah. A little dustbin, <laughs> huddle around it. Uh, awesome. So coming up on the podcast, as usual, we've got your questions, which we will answer. We've got some cowboy stories. We've got some serial chat, which I'm pleased to say we have again. I think it's really res- resonating, the sort of honesty in the serial world <laughs> and all the weird weird. I didn't realise how deep it ran. Yeah. I, ju- oh, I just literally thought it was like, Cereal and milk. I mean, I like it, but I didn't know it went that deep. (laughs) It's an underworld of its own. Okay, cool. Let's kick off the first question then. Uh, It's from Brian, who says, what's a fad or technique you wish chefs never got hold of? And then he throws some suggestions here. Uh, Sous vide, dry ice, and fluid gels, I guess, are his fads. that he. I was just about to say, they're clearly things that Brian doesn't (laughs) like. Yeah, They they strike a nerve. To, to be honest, none, none, really. I think no? no, because they're all good if done by the right people with the right skills. Mm-hmm. You know, my, I just, yeah, I wish the, I wish they didn't get in the wrong people's hands. Yeah, that's classic. And give them it? a bad name. Uh-huh. Because how could anybody say that sous vide is bad when you know, likes of Fernandria and uh, Heston Blumenthal pioneered it and did yep. such great food with it. Same with fluid gels, dry ice or whatever. It's when it's overdone or badly done, they get a bad name and then you know, some chefs, you know, go, go against it. And it's yeah. not it's not the technique, it's the way it's bastardised. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. that's all it is. I've got nothing against them. I don't um I don't sous vide a huge amount. Just um, just for the uninitiated, just explain what sous videing is. Or- so essentially cooking water bath. So mm-hmm. under press a vacuum pack or you, know, you can drop it straight in a bath with um, your fat or something. Yeah. Um, basically, basically that cooking at an accurate temperature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't cook many or any meats like that anymore. I don't cook any fish like it. I've tried it all and I found the way and there's some great stuff. Some stuff I'm not, not a fan of um, that just works for me. Um, I, cook, I cook a lot of vegetables sous vide. Oh, really? You know, like the carrot cooked in yeah. chicken fat, that's pre-poached first to get it accurate to how we want it. Yeah. Um, and then we can cook it, because what it means is we can cook it in the bag in pure fat, mm-hmm. um, and you're only using a little bit, it's much more cost-effective and efficient, yeah. rather than having to submerge it in a pan of loads of fat, which is more expensive, and then, you know, sitting on the back of a stove, etc. You can get a similar result if you've got the skill, of course you can. Sure. But it's just much more controlled, and no... Cook potatoes in there. Cook, cook loads. I never cook green veg in a sous vide. Mm-hmm. I know some people that do, and I find that a bit weird. Yeah, that is. Weird. Um, d- dry ice. Dry ice is, is pretty cool. Um, do you think? Because I, I can't imagine. It. Yeah, I was gonna say I can't imagine ever coming to Salt and having some like some dry ice under the carrot. Do you know? <laughs> exactly. Because that that's the thing. Because it would look really wanky at Salt, <laughs> and I get that. 
Um, but it suits some restaurants. Yeah. You yeah. know, fat adult when I had it, and I'd never had it before, it was like, wow, this is amazing. You get this lovely aroma coming, uh, coming through. When I went to the original Casamia, and it, the dish was called the Smiles of the Amalfi Coast. Um, it was a lemon dessert. They poured it over, and you just got this incredible lemon smell and just this chill coming over. And it was, yeah, that's properly impacting the experience, isn't it? Yeah, and it, it really worked. It's when, when it's incongruent with what people are doing. If they just do it because it looks the cool. Like it, yeah. if somebody did it on, say, if we did it on the carrot dish, it doesn't match. <laughs> but people, adding, people yeah. do that kind of shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, so no, I have nothing against it as long as it's done right. Yeah. yeah. Is there any particular, I suppose we don't know necessarily under lockdown, but are there any fads at the moment that are sort of big now and weren't 10 years ago? Um, yeah, they, they kind of come and go, really, um, and balance themselves out. It's hard to say because being under lockdown, you kind of forget forgotten you do. everything <laughs> what, you what do. What everyone does. Yeah. yeah. How'd you cook again? Uh, uh, if we go back um, to the classic, to frying everything, that's, yeah. oven, oven roasting, that's all you're going to do when you get back. Yeah, um, you know, tweezers is one of those things that's, you know, it's a little bit, it's a bit annoying. Like, tweezers, chefs plating up with tweezers. Oh, plating up with tweezers, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if that's your thing. With the micro herbs. Yeah, if you've got enough chefs, right, and you want to do that, fair enough. You know, I know some places do it and do it to great effect. So, again, Mm -hmm. it's about how it's carried out. But you see some chefs and, like, part of their uniform now is tweezer down the apron, it's just there it's like an extension of the hand it's like fuck off mate just use a spoon use your hands as long as you've washed them it's fine um and our our presentation is very natural anyway so it would seem a bit weird if we were were doing that and you know we i like to send the food quite fast as well when we're when they doesn't sit around on the plate for a long time so it just doesn't suit us and like, like i say i've got nothing against people do it properly but some people that i don't know it's like right Beards on point, tattoos are ready, tweezers are there. I'm a chef. <laughs> <laughs> you that's, know. It, that's all you need. That's all you need in this day and age. Just an Instagram account, faded haircut with beard, yeah. tattoos on the arm, and some tweezers, and yeah. you're away. <laughs> and nothing against people that have that setup and can cook. Yeah, it's the people that have that setup and can't. <laughs> <laughs> but they they look the part. It's a style and a substance, isn't it? Exactly. All yeah. the gear. No fucking idea. <laughs> like just full kit wankers, aren't they? Yeah, full kit wanker. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next one's from uh, Javier, who says, "Where do you stand on playing music during service, and what do you play?" When you're talking to someone who has football on, yeah, yeah. For the past. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I had a problem. Yeah. Um, as long as it's not too loud and it's distracting or, you know, the guests can hear it, obviously, because, you know, with our open kitchen, the whole thing's open. So, yeah, just that, you know, it's often mm-hmm. has to tell someone in pastry to turn it down because you can just hear the bass coming through, really tinny through the kitchen. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I tend to, I don't ever have podcasts on because I can't hear them. I like to engage in a podcast. So mm-hmm. that's in my car or on my own or on my bike or something. Yeah. If I can't. You can't really hear the words properly in the kitchen because there's so many different frequencies. So I tend to avoid them in the kitchen. Um, but yeah, just just a mix of music, really. Just I tend to have the radio on, so it just for me, so it's just playing something. Or on Apple Music, I'll put stations on, start with a song I like, and just let it play out. So it's but always random. Even on ser- on a service during service. On a service, um, I don't tend to have it out the front because you just yeah. wouldn't hear it. But sure. in the pastry, I always let them have the radio on. Okay. Um, yeah. 
yeah, and you know, quite off. If there's football on, it's on. You know, <laughs> nice. Generally, if I'm if I'm on the if I'm on the meat and fish or on the pass, whatever, it's football on, it's on. Yeah, that's. Do do any of your mem- does any people in kitchens tend to like ever be allowed to if they're not having to be dished out orders much have headphones on. Oh no, you can't. It's health no. and safety thing. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some it. some people have tried it. I remember I've had discussions with pot washers before that think it's okay, and yeah. it's just not. If I'm coming behind you with a hot pan, and yeah. I've shout, you know, I have to let you know you don't hear me, then you're getting burnt, mate, not me. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, I just I would absolutely draw a line at that. No one's allowed headphones in in the yeah, kitchen. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I could just imagine. Yeah, like you say, I can imagine like the old pot washer over the air who's just like, look, I'm just. In the back, I mean, at the very back, just pot wash it. Like, let me just mm. pop my headphones on and I'm yeah. away. And I get why they want to. Yeah. But if you think about it, there's a lot of hot, hot things coming through there, and so you're, gonna, you're both all moving different directions, yeah. thin channel. Then you're going to get burnt. I need to let you know. So that's fair. No. When the radio that. is on, is it always the same stations, or do you flick around depending on who's working and whatever? Well, um, if there's a new, if there's a new album out that I like, I'll, we'll, we'll just play it to death. <laughs> um, or we might just yeah. um, depend. Like it's always a political thing, the radio channel in kitchens, because everyone's yeah. got different tastes. Of so I, I've always tended when I've ran kitchens, been like, look, it's Radio One because that's kind of generic, yeah, and it does a bit of everything. That, and so it's going to please the most. Yeah, sure. You know, because some people want something, you know, want electro, or some people want rock, and it's just It'll it's too do. specific. Let's yeah, just yeah. keep it to this. Nice. Yeah, it does Wise. get very very political. Yeah. Oh, it's very, people are very touchy about it as well, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. Okay, next one here is from Dave, who says, if you could be sponsored by any product, who would it be and why? Mm, I don't, I don't know in what loads. capacity. Is that just, you know... Like, yeah, it could be anything, couldn't it? What would yeah. you like? Oh, what would you have? I would, uh, I guess if I if I would go something I'd use all the time, I want it to be practical, do you know what I mean? I, would, yeah. I mean, it'd be great to be sponsored personally by... I don't know, a food or drink brand, so that I get oh, free okay. food or drink. But I wouldn't do that. I would go for Beats headphones. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah, because I listen to nice. podcasts and stuff and music throughout mm. the day when I'm running or or whatever, working out. But then for my job, I've got them on for four hours a day most days, uh, even outside of doing podcasts. So, and they're they're one of the best you can get. Um, mm. So I'd go for Beats, and they look amazing. They do look. Yeah, great, they always so. look clean, yeah, yeah. don't they? And then any time I get out of a car, you know, I pretend like I'm a footballer entering the ground. <laughs> just sometimes just take my wash bag with me just in case. <laughs> so I'd probably I'd probably go Beats headphones. What, what about you? Nice. I went big balls. I went Aston Martin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I park outside. You know. They looks- said. Anyone, yeah, any product, and I was like, it'd have to be. I don't know loads about cars. I just know they look amazing and uh, nice cars, and it's good British make. And I would pretend to be James Bond. James, yeah, you, yeah. of course, I'd you would. be doing the impressions in the rearview mirror. <laughs> You'd be that prick though in the restaurant where it'll be parked right out the front. Oh yeah, and they'll walk Disable in, space, and you'll yeah. and you'll be like David Brent, like what that? Oh nothing, <laughs> nothing. No, don't worry about it. Just oh, I just picked it up. Just. Yeah. Old sponsorship deal? <laughs> no, I'm not James Bond. No, no. <laughs> no I just I just work here. I just cook here. Stop it. <laughs> uh, okay, nice. Right, next one here is from A. Imond eighty seven. I'll take a stab at that. Uh, thoughts on Anthony Bourdain? Um, his books, his shows, his legacy, etc. 
Uh, we've brought him up a little bit at some point in the show. Yeah. A while ago. I can't remember how or where that come, came about, but what is your Anthony sort of Bourdain? Uh, I mean, Kitchen Confidential is iconic. Um, yeah. I mean, especially if, you, if you're reading into it and try and understand it, don't just think, oh, this is great because it's controversial. Um, yes, it is very controversial, but I just loved his brutal honesty. Yeah. And I, I couldn't tell you how old I was, but I was quite young when I read that book. Somebody told me about it, I bought it, and I was like, wow, fucking hell, I can't believe... Like, the thing, have you read it? No, I haven't. You should read it. I've got one here, I'll, I'll bring it for you. Oh, cheers, mate. Um, it, like, there's a story, I think, in the first chapter about, you know, they're doing a wedding, and um, one of the chefs end up, ends up sleeping with the bride over a bonnet, or something like that. No, so that sets the wow. tone. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> And he worked. He worked in a very different environment as a chef to what, like, say, I have. He's he loved the the big, busy, hardcore, you know, good level brasseries. You know, especially in New York, you know, big covers, hard work, loads of line cooks, mm-hmm. and just it was very sort of boisterous time as well. And it was like unforgiving, and there was a lot of cowboy stuff going on, which he <laughs> he's quite open and honest about the things that happen. But you know, he's a good cook. You know, he knows his stuff, and he's yeah, lived yeah. a lived a he lived a crazy life as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I love that. I like watching shows. Very engaging. Yeah, and authentic. And I really buy into that kind of thing. So, no, I loved what he did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's amazing how... Because he transcends sort of... The, like, I think a lot of people that don't know much about food know who he is. There's not mm. loads of those sorts of people, are there? They sort of trans transcend the thing they do. And exactly. then they're like a TV personality, basically, or, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. There's not many that do transcend their you know, industry, especially as he wasn't, he wasn't known for his cooking specifically. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't become like an incredible chef. And then yeah. go off the back of that, it was, you know, he, a good chef working around these crazy places. And then he was obviously a skillful writer as well and just told his stories. Mm-hmm. And that was what really took him up that path. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Is amazing. There, is there amazing a, storyteller. Is there a, I feel like there's a series of, his shows that have made it onto Netflix, maybe. There's quite right? a few. Oh, is there a few? Have, Great. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So if people aren't too familiar, go to Netflix and check out some of his shows because they are, they're so unique, so good. Yeah, brilliant. I actually went to, when I staged in New York, uh, he used to have a restaurant. I think it was kind of one of them that was under his name, but I was like early 20s. Mm. It was what, 2006-ish I went out there or something. Uh, Les Holds, it was. I think it was on Fifth Avenue. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was the name of it or owner of it at the time. But I just went there one Sunday night when I was off and I was like, oh, great, I just want to go and have like uh, pate, you know, steak and fritz and that kind of thing. And I was mm-hmm. so excited. It was so bad. Was it? It was so bad. And I was telling the guys Ooh. at WD50 the next day and they're like, well, he's got nothing to do with it anymore and it's just sort of mm-hmm. trading off its name. Yeah, I had this Bernays, which was just a pot of melted butter. Seriously, um, this wow. This horrible steak. It was just really disappointing, but I went there with the excitement, and I wasn't aware that he wasn't over it. I knew, obviously, he wouldn't be cooking. I knew he yeah. wasn't involved to that level. Mm-hmm. But I think from being across the pond and the internet wasn't as big then, you're just like, oh, that's Anthony Bourdain's place, So you, you, well, and it's Fifth Avenue, so yeah, it's going to be amazing. It must be good. Yeah, it must yeah. be good. And I suppose it's also that classic thing. I think Stratford sometimes suffers... Uh, from this as well, of you've got such a captive market, you know, London, uh, New York, the tourism, you know, being mm-hmm. on Fifth Avenue, just being in that life that 
I think standards can slip, but the the orders are still coming in. Yeah. So you almost exactly. don't uh, reflect, do you? Like, how are we doing? Is this good? Because, well, I'll tell you what, every service we are sold out and we're turning yeah. the covers. So it must be, I think for some people, it's like false sense of security, actually, when... And Stratford's the same, used to be the same with, with the tourism. It's some mm. of these places that I I think, God, this is this is shit. This is just well below average for the price you're paying. Mm. But the captive audience they usually get, nothing forces them to get better, really. Yeah, exactly. And you do, you think about, like, people as well, especially in England, they're less likely to complain in a, in a shit restaurant in Stratford because yeah. they're a good chance they're not coming back so mm. they're just, oh, exactly. we'll just yeah, leave it the or point, they might say so we get a little discount or whatever and it's it's gone so yeah it's quite a false sense of reality isn't it yeah for sure cool next one here is from caroline who says what's a stock meal that you have every week at home oh god we eat the same all the time at home it's <laughs> fucking boring yeah the kids are because like yeah, I suppose the kids is a big thing, but like yeah. for you, it's just hilarious because your repertoire is basically a thousand plus dishes, <laughs> and yeah. even even your like so many people in this country are saying yeah, we just have the same fucking meals every week, and it's yeah. it's just hilarious, isn't it? How we get it's stuck annoying. in a cycle. It's annoying because I, I go like um, I took the kids, I picked the kids up Sunday morning, and I went I went uh, shopping with them. We just went to Sainsbury's, but I was walking through the aisles and I had this like really basic bitch list it was terrible <laughs> um, I was just looking I thought like, I could have that I could have that something could do with that especially walking through the veg aisles and so there's so much I could do yeah so well I just can't there's just no point <laughs> yeah. and it's just not cost effective to cook it for myself all the time I have started having slightly separate meals to the kids yeah, yeah in some sure. ways just because I get a bit bored but they want you know they, they have a we make everything they have healthy like but um yeah, but once you know they're, they're definitely going to eat it, yeah. you just want to make sure they eat it, don't you? So a chicken salad for, say, Ethan, it's like cooked chicken. Last night I did chicken, new potatoes. And it, the only salad item he'll eat is cucumber. So loads of cucumber. Then there's grapes and blueberries and apple and stuff. So there's like a fucking fruit salad with it as well. So <laughs> they're eating the best they can. Um, but, yeah, it's just that's what they're like. And I suppose that's the age they are as well. And mm. Yeah, it's just it's difficult to force them as long as they're eating healthy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't have kids, but I even find you know I love, I love discovering new things and what to do, etc. But especially in the working week when you feel like you're on that conveyor belt, Mm -hmm. I we definitely end up having the same meals all the time. And then it's weekends where it's like, let's do. I've got the time to do something new or look up a recipe. But yeah, in the week it can get, and and sometimes you do think. I must have had lo- like loads of meals that have come in and out of rotation. But when you're in the midst of it, you're like, I literally can't think of anything outside these yeah. four meals. I can't even imagine what, <laughs> even though there must be thousands, yeah. like, I can't imagine what else there is to do. I oh, think no. It's mental how you get stuck in that. Isn't that it world. bad? Yeah even, yeah, even for chefs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Next one here is from uh, Connor, who says... Hi, Paul. Love the podcast. It's definitely got me through a tough year in lockdown. Love listening about the way you deal with things with staff and training. But do you have any advice on senior chefs that have a problem with each other and both love the job, but it does affect them and the rest of the team? It's a really good question. Cause yeah, it is. We've given um, given a lot of advice for young chefs, but never yeah. saw how to get promotions and stuff, but mm. never really senior chefs. Yeah. 
Um, so I assume he's got two senior guys <laughs> that don't get on. It, it sounded like a classic, like, asking for a friend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is there any advice with this? Um, but I've not really had this problem underneath me. I've been fortunate in that respect. Um, but when there's little little things, I think the only thing you can do, and it's you know, it's like you're doing any business really. You just have to get them together. You have to mediate. Mm-hmm. That that's that's the first point. You need to obviously he's witnessed it. There's some sort of issue, and it's affecting the rest of the team. And it's like having the rotten apple. And what happens as well is the younger chefs they'll feed off the two above them, yeah. and guarantee because I've seen this from below, but not not from above. What will be happening is one senior guy is telling that chef de party to do it that way, and the other one's telling them to do it the other way. Right. Got yeah. So they're getting these mixed messages. They don't know. They're both senior than them, mm-hmm. um, and it just creates a lot of inconsistency and issues and animosity in the team. Yeah. I think the the only thing you can do for the first point is sit down, get them together to talk it out, like a proper mediation. Mm-hmm. What's your problem? Have give them their own time. You mm-hmm. know, not like a back and forward argument. Like right. Five minutes. Tell me what your issue is. Yep. Open, honest, no judgment. Same with the next, the other person. Again, open, honest. Right, like we have to work together. You both like it here. Clearly, like you said, you're both an important part of the team. How can we work together and make them answer the question? Mm-hmm. Don't yeah, tell yeah. them this is how you need to work together. If they answer the question, they're already half buying into it, aren't they? Yeah, that's true. So they answer it. Like, what can he do or what can she do to change? the way you work together. What can I do as the senior person to support you? Is there anything I'm not doing? And just, I think that will sort out, not everything, but a vast majority of problems. And it's what a lot of, you know, from a lot of people don't do in all sorts of industries, really. They'll ignore these problems. They just get worse and worse. And a strong member of staff will leave or something bad will happen. Yeah. And just talking about it in the first instant will solve a hell of a lot of issues. And then you're almost getting them to sign this contract like verbally because mm-hmm. you can record it and refer back to it if things aren't going well. It's like, look, you agreed to do this, this and this and you're not doing it. And as a senior person in that business, you've got something to come back at them with. Yeah, that makes so sense. I think that's the best thing to do. Yeah, really good advice. And it's interesting. It's something I've not really thought about before. Definitely applies to loads of different businesses, but especially a hot environment like the kitchen, where it's mm. you know during that 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 service where you when you're pushing, it's that team togetherness, you know. And if, if things start hitting, uh, hitting the fan, yeah, that's when those poor relationships are exposed, aren't they? Because suddenly there's a blame game, or there's you know there's something that comes. And it's, yeah, it's often when exactly. your team's backs are against the wall that those bad relationships can come to the surface yeah um i remember seeing years ago when we were doing one of those awful like team building days at the company (laughs) they were talking about um very delicately and i could tell there's people in the room that this was aimed at um (laughs) of course yeah they were talking about how um you don't have to like each other out of work to respect not respect each other in the team Yes, and the that's example true. they gave, and I hadn't, I wasn't aware it, it stuck true to me because I was a massive, I'm a massive United fan. But the example they gave, which I was unaware, I know of, what you're going to say, yeah, about Teddy Sheringham and Andy Cole. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realise that. So they were, they were two players part of the Man United treble season, like the most successful mm. season in you in English history. 
and they despised one another. And not only were they on the same team, but they were also, you know, at times strike partners, you know, mm-hmm. at the top of the field. Um, but exactly that, they were able to navigate through that as a club, through yeah. communication and through them learning that your goals are the same. So yeah. if that's enough, then that's, that should be enough to respect each other. Even if off the pitch you don't want to go for a beer, that's a separate issue yeah. altogether. It's tough it's, though, because I've never been in that situation really. But No, I haven't really. I mean, there's been plenty of people I don't like. Um, <laughs> well, we've heard, we've heard half of those stories. Yeah. Years, yeah, not even half, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think that shows immense um, maturity as well, especially when like footballers again, they're, they're always said they're immature, uh, immense maturity, and then great leadership. Obviously, Sir Alex managing that as well, and that's that's what it is. You're exactly right. You've you've got the same goals like within the kitchen or restaurant. You both want it to be successful, mm-hmm, achieve awards and make money. And you've got to understand everybody's importance from that. Like they, they both wanted to score goals and win and it's yeah. a team thing and they've got to do it together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Um it must be yeah, frustrating totally for right. for like head chefs or chef or restaurant owners who do have the team that you know say that you know they've just won a Michelin star or they've won a mm. you know a few rosettes or it's going well you know and there's covers yeah and yet your two main chefs or whatever can't stand one another and there are days where it's unbearable in the kitchen and it must yeah. be so frustrating because they're like but everything's pu- like we're, we're on yeah, to something. the things like, are in place why is yeah why <laughs> why am I walking into the kitchen and it's just stone silence and awkward and just mm. morale's low yet we're performing it must be so frustrating Yes, yeah, very, very frustrating. I mean, I've had, I mean, at Salt, I've had where restaurant manager doesn't get on with some of the chefs, mm-hmm. but in that main case or a couple of cases, I know where the issue was. It, was, it wasn't just fighting and people are being immature, it was frustrations at, you know, restaurant manager not being good enough mm-hmm. and not yeah. being the right person. So you deal with that in a different way. That wasn't about mediating, that was about me having to step in and make sure things were handled properly um and if as a leader if i sort of back off because i'm getting feedback from both sides yeah so i've got to understand that that's not just them bickering bickering i know that there's a problem Mm -hmm. so if i don't sort out that problem probably the person i don't want to leave is going to go yeah yeah that's so true so you've got to manage that but in a different way uh, you can't just, you cannot just, as a leader of any business, you cannot just let these things sweep into the carpet because they will not yeah. get better. No, that's so right. Yeah, you've got to confront it. Yeah. Jesus. Exactly. T- it's also even talking about that, though, isn't it? In terms of like, <laughs> just if you've got people, you've got problems, is the old saying, isn't it? With any business. Yeah, and it's just right, like, yeah. yeah, people yeah. clash, don't they? And it's, especially yeah. in the restaurant environment where it's so high pressure, it's going to be, it's going to come Exactly. The, and when people are passionate, yeah. Well, if there's a role, if there's a, a job or a business where I so say there's ten of you and nobody's passionate, it's very unlikely anyone's going to yeah. fall out. Yeah, yeah, because there's no personal feelings involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so true. Cool, good chat. Next one here is from Paul, who says, "Evening, guys. Quick question, as I am confused." <laughs> he says, "You often speak about the huge dislike of cheese that you have, Paul. However, yeah. on the last pod." You were talking very passionately about enjoying pizzas and dominoes particularly. I don't disagree with pizza and or dominoes love. It just does confuse me how this works for you if you hate cheese. 
What do you yeah, well, we know Paul. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I know Paul, but we at Salt, we know Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he was very confused by this. <laughs> and for me, it's like, it's mozzarella, it's not cheese. It's not cheese. I'm, yeah, I'm I knew you'd say you. that, yeah. And then I come up, I did I did message him because we were messaging him privately. And I said, because he's a mate of Jack's. He Ah, uh, uh, right, okay. He, yeah, yeah. Him and Jack worked together several times. And uh, they... <laughs> I I'm, I come out with a statement, which is very controversial, right? For <laughs> cheese lovers, a lot of cheese lovers, cheese producers are gonna hate me for this. Okay, go on. Right. Yeah. I, I said, obviously talking cheap, but I said <laughs> clearly the Italians are the only people that can make cheese. <laughs> clearly, because one, yeah. right, mozzarella, set milk tastes of not much. Yeah. Yeah. Burrata. Slightly less set milk, mm-hmm. taste of not much. Not much, yeah. Mascarpone is basically clotted cream without the crust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, lovely. But And then ricotta, weird texture. I can just about bear it because yeah. it doesn't have a lot of flavour. Sure. I know there's lots of other Italian cheeses, but those four big ones. Oh, and then Parmesan, strong as fuck, I know. But mm. as I've said before, for the umami, like seasoning a bolognese or risotto, then yeah, I get, I, I need that. I get that importance. Yeah, yeah, but good. Yeah. Gratinate it, and we're gonna fall out. <laughs> yeah, it's just still so baffling to me that you just wouldn't want or ever order just a lovely like cheddar. <clears throat> Is that? So, that's just so. Yeah, <laughs> I actually I ate some the other day, and I do like I always said. I understand the importance of it, and I would yeah. like to like it, right? And I do understand the importance of it, or I just wouldn't serve it at the restaurant. Yeah. Um, you know, I get it. And um, so we're changing our cheese offer when we when we reopen. So Laura, my sous chef, she's been working a lot on this, and she she loves cheese, really knowledgeable about it. She wants to become a master of cheese. Right. Um, so she's been working on it. So we're not going to do a cheese board anymore. We're going to do a cheese dish and really celebrate a different seasonal cheese with a different garnish. So it nice. comes as like a dish, as an extra. Yeah. Um, and she did a dish up for me the other day. Lovely, but fuck me, the cheese was disgusting. <laughs> Absolutely disgusting. You, think you can't give an impartial verdict on the dish then when she cooks it, because you'll just be like, Ugh. No, because I, I understand, I did I did taste it. So like, she's worked on it, and like, I won't go into all the ins and outs of the dish. Um, can't even remember the cheese. <laughs> That's bad, isn't it? Uh, it was a blue. What blue was it? Oh, oh, I can't okay. remember. But yeah, she did it anyway. And, and blue is one of the worst. Yeah, of course. It's one of the strongest. Yeah. I know a lot of cheese lovers who don't like blue. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so I tried it all together because, again, to understand it and, you know, obviously sign it off and give it the okay. I trust her and, you know, Jack and Brett, they all love cheese. Yeah. Um, so they, they get involved as well. And I'd happily trust them without me tasting it, but I still feel I, I need to and I should. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I did. It was it was like the little cake that come with it and the, the little uh, rhubarb apple chutney she did. Oh, all beautiful. The cheese, um, yeah. just weird. <laughs> just so. But I understand the dish worked and it's great and I'm happy to have it on the menu. So. Oh, that's a nice, I like that new stance on the cheese course though not just being three blobs of cheese with crackers or whatever like like yeah. you get uh, anywhere almost but doing a dish around it is a yeah great idea. And it's, it's still going to be an extra so you have it as an optional extra because mm-hmm. i didn't want to lose a course from the eight course and replace it with a cheese yeah. more because if i was eating i'd be disappointed yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly why so it just allows us to rather than having say like five cheeses with you know it was a lovely offer we always did mm. um but like five cheeses which some people it's 
it's a bit of a step up for them sometimes, a bit much yeah, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Um, sure. So you get, it's more cost effective for the customer. Um, it's like a little bit lower price. It's one decent portion of good cheese as a dish and it's more it's more fitting with the whole menu of what we do. Yeah, mate. No, that sounds great. Last question on the cheese. I just suddenly thought of it. Where do you stand on the shitty plastic cheese you get with a burger? Oh, that's easy to eat. It's not cheese, yeah. is it? But yeah, would you yeah, yeah. you'd you would all, you'd have would you have like if you were at McDonald's you'd happily have like cheese on your burger? Yeah, yeah, I have Big Mac as it is, oh, and I great. have it's on the breakfast um, double sausage egg McMuffin. It's on yes, that as well, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah you wouldn't know that. that. Years years ago, I used to order one without it. And Did I got you? Over that. Yeah. So I'm getting there. Yeah, you're getting, getting there. <laughs> Unbelievable. Cool. Nice one. Thanks so much for your questions, guys. Uh, let's get a cowboy story in there, shall we? We've got one from Tom here, who says. I have a cowboy story for you. A couple of years ago, I took over as head chef of a small bistro and witnessed the highest level of cowboy I've ever seen. I inherited a sous chef who had worked there for years and somehow convinced the owners he was a half-decent cook. He really wasn't. (laughs) I worked hard to create a good uh, standard by cooking simple, fresh food, but when I had days off, I kept being told by the lads the sous chef was cutting corners. I came in by surprise one day to see for myself. He was making a red wine sauce, which we normally simmered with a bouquet garni wrapped in muslin. He couldn't find the cloth, so he filled a blue plastic piping bag with garlic and herbs, (laughs) tied at the end, poked (laughs) holes in it, and left it floating in the sauce. What a tramp. (laughs) (laughs) Naturally, I wasn't impressed. But the owners refused to let him go as he had been there for years. Needless to say, I was out of there shortly after. Love the pod guys, uh, podcast, guys. Keep up the good work. That's from Tom. So basically, a, a bouquet Ghani imposter. What do we feel about this one? Oh, it's 100% cowboy. It's just lazy. Couldn't yeah. find it. Couldn't think of an actual proper or practical way of doing it. <laughs> but that, randomly listen to that story again. That links back to one of the questions earlier. Um so obviously the head chef and sous chef, the senior team, there's yeah. an issue there. Uh-huh. The owners yeah. haven't sorted out because they're scared to deal with this sous chef. They've yeah. lost the head chef. So yeah. they don't deserve the head chef. And that's hilarious, yeah, because you're right, you're saying, needless to say, I left shortly after. It's yeah. like you, you've kept the shit one out of fear yeah. of confrontation and let someone exactly. good go. So common. That is so common because it's always with that, like with the... Um, you know the the owners that are afraid uh, or leaders that are afraid of confrontation which you can't be as a leader mm-hmm. um what happens is the good person always ends up pissed off demotivated yeah. or leaves yeah it's so know? funny isn't it it's and like the writing's happened. on the wall isn't it almost exactly um and yeah i think I, the only question i have is obviously it's a sort of a shit version of a bouquet garni i'm assuming then that that bag what is it about that bag would that is that would it affect it wouldn't affect the flavor, no, not necessarily but... it's just it just looks bad and poking some holes in it you're <laughs> not you know it's not going to penetrate the flavor you know, no. a few holes in a plastic bag just isn't gonna yeah it's not going to penetrate like a muslin it's all going to go in and come out and infuse yeah. without you know without the um without, without it the, all coming the stuff out. coming through yeah, yeah. a bag it's just not going to impart <laughs> Must have done so, a thousand holes. Uh, he, you know, that kind of sous chef, you know, he's looking at the 
<laughs> looking at the commies like the boy, like yeah, I've got a right hack for you here. Yeah. <laughs> this will be in my book when I'm when I'm uh, yeah, when I've yeah. got my first cookbook. <laughs> Classic. So I think we can safely award that guy a sheriff's badge, and he is exactly. a proper cowboy. Thanks so much for that one, Yeehaw. Tom. Um, okay, let's move on to a quick bit of serial chatter. I love how honest people are being around this, so I do encourage you to share us, share with us your serial stories. Um, this is from Matt, who says, Just listen to this week's pod. I have a guilty pleasure from my childhood when it comes to cereal. Interesting to get your perspective on this. Dried Weetabix yeah. spread with a shitload of butter and strawberry jam on top. And he says, hate is going to hate. <laughs> but this is rogue. So this is, I, I assume there's weird. no milk involved here. Well, no, he's eating it like an open sandwich, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he is. So what, but then... Uh, so Did he I run out of toast and just try it out? Run maybe, out of bread? maybe. But I suppose, you know, without, it's it's a very savoury, it's almost closer to bread than a cereal at the point where it's not got milk on it. Yeah, the almost driest like Rivita. Yeah. Like a massive, thick Rivita <laughs> Shitty yeah, Rivita. Yeah, that would be too um, thick for me. But that I ain't having that. That's weird. Yeah, it's that's a bit fully weird. weird. Yeah, is this weird? Because I saw this go- doing the rounds the other day. Weetabix themselves tweeted a picture of Weetabix with beans on them. So like that's beans disgusting. on toast, but instead of toast, it's Weetabix. That's disgusting. Because you know how I feel about beans. <laughs> yeah. So. All that, all of that bean juice. Yeah. Just. No. Uh, in penetrating the Weetabix and soggy warm bean infused Weetabix disgusting (laughs) they feeling alright yeah well Weetabix they tweeted it and it worked because it was a marketing campaign that took off like every business under the sun I saw it getting involved yeah Yeah, it's crazy even like like Kellogg um, different all different brands were yeah. like, you okay, hun? Yeah, like, yeah, like Specsavers <laughs> were just like, do you need a new pair of glasses? Or... Yeah. I think even at one point, NASA tweeted them. <sighs> it went like, crazy. Yeah, I, I was love, loving that thread. Oh, it's brilliant. I think NASA tweeted them saying something like, this is worse than our space food or something like that. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Absolutely. Brilliant. Um, well, fair play to them. It, you know, it's obviously a marketing ploy, and it worked. It got yeah, people talking. Sure. And now and I'm thinking. Now I'm thinking. Matt works for Weetabix, and he's just trying to get us having a conversation about using Weetabix in weird and wonderful ways. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think it wouldn't be weird if Weetabix were a lot, lot thinner, and it was almost like a cracker. But it's too thick to it's just spread for butter and butter too and dry. strawberry jam on it. No, no, no. No, mate. No, no sorry, mate. mate. But, you know, this is a safe space. I don't judge you for it. I, I like do. that you've... <laughs> this is not a safe space. I don't judge you. Um, that's great. Thanks so much, Matt. Keep your serial stories coming in and your questions, comments, cowboy stories especially. Keep them all coming. We'll continue with this next week. Should we check out our onewaytobeer.com? Oh, yes. Onewayroadtobeer.com. So, as we now know... You can now have beer in the park or your garden with five friends, and you can use their toilet. You can nice. use their toilet? Yeah, I know. Wow. As if we'd be in 2021, we get excited about, oh, I can go use my mate's loo. <laughs> I, I actually went more high pitched then. Yeah, yeah genuinely got excited. <laughs> what? I, was, I can't help but feel like people, you know, you go right, because we still can't plan the weather at the end of the day. Like, even though it's 23 degrees today, I think it's forecast snow at the beginning of next week. So. You know, we're going to organise some occasions in people's gardens and then it'll be like, can I use your loo? I'm just going to walk really, really slowly. 
and use your upstairs one and yeah. that'll be our way of combating the sort of the outdoor elements and still being able to hang out that's definitely gonna happen brilliant um beer in a garden with beer in a beer garden with five friends so the pubs with beer gardens opening up 12 days as yeah. we record this so when you guys are listening it'll be 10 days and days yeah. to that i've seen quite a few f- pubs you know that I, I cross regularly on car journeys i do that have got massive new sort of canapes and tents outside mm-hmm. so we've yeah. seen many of them but yeah they're basically like if you can't go inside go outside but inside yeah that's like, what i don't get i yeah. don't get that i suppose because it's got sides on it a lot more air can come in and out but yeah yeah i mean it's just yeah i mean fair play to them for you know you know trying to do something different and that it's uh yeah, it's mad. But you know, is it going to be a new revenue stream for a more area? They can use it permanently. Yeah, well, I was thinking that because I think like in the summer, a lot of people are going to want to be outside anyway. Yeah. So, but but at the same time, there you're only getting a thirty-two day head start on being able to yeah, dr- drink right. inside. Yeah. It's only forty forty when you're listening to this. Forty-five days until the pubs open. Exactly. Yeah. Bless him. Yeah, till we can open as well. So yeah. forty-seven days. Oh mate, that is going to be amazing. Absolutely, I know amazing. it's going to be weird. We are opening on the twentieth. I've not released a booking yet, but the twentieth of April. Awesome. Yeah, but you've not released the booking yet. So people can't. No, out. we're going to buy these uh, end of this week. Nice, cool. Great, follow us at the nightcap underscore pod. As I mentioned, keep all the correspondence coming in. We love doing this, so we'll continue to do so till we can get back to upstairs at salt with guests uh nice one buddy have a great rest of your day enjoy the sun if you can yeah yeah hopefully we're gonna go pick up the daughter now from school but yeah no we'll try and get a bit in beautiful nice one buddy i'll catch you later cool catch you later